0: Okay, we're, uh, we're back at it. Many guys who aren't from Oklahoma, Bernie, you have no idea. We don't like them. It's <laughs> personal. We got a logo, too. We've been working on one for 18 years, and, and we want everybody in the country to know, with all due respect, we got a logo, too.
1: We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby, how are you on this Friday?
0: Uh great. It's been a good week. Had a good Masters and then um yeah, just a, a generally good week. How you been?
1: Uh busy. Very, very busy myself. Um I enjoyed the masters. Uh, my fiance Sydney got on to me though, that said I had uh an AirPod in for like four straight days, and I was watching both on my phone and on the TV. So she thinks she thinks I overdid uh, the masters. And I said, Look, this happens once a year. I mean this is just how it's going to be and the only way to access it is through the app about half the day you know so i had to i had to multitask a little bit
0: yeah i would say if that is all you did then she should maybe consider herself lucky i had uh, a fourth tv that i brought into the living room <laughs> i <laughs> Volume bouncing around, and I still pretty much helped with the baby until Sunday, and my wife and I pretty much agreed uh, that on Sunday, also Sunday because of the weather delay and stuff, I worked from uh, about 7.30 that morning until about 9 o'clock that night. So my wife and I pretty much agreed Sunday is master's day. Um, yeah. Don't don't bother me on Sunday, but it was a great masters uh, and a great long 30 hole Sunday. So yes, I, I, as I typically do massively overdid it for the masters.
1: Well, I was right. I thought Rom would take it and Brooks
0: folded and like a cheap it. suit. You nailed it. I forgot that you, uh, yeah, Kepka was out in front by five and you said, you know what? I'll take Rom. He looks, he looks more steady and he's going to close. So, uh, well done for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, sad to see Victor didn't remain in contention, but um, I think he's going to, you know, he's playing well this week. So maybe he can sneak up and win a major this year at some point. I think he's a better fit for the U.S. Open, but it's still a good showing from Victor uh, nonetheless. His best finish at a master's, in fact. Uh, we got a lot to talk talk about con- uh, with football and basketball, but 1st here hear from Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at ChrisUniversitySpirit.com. I mean, Colby, like spring football is just, flash before our eyes. It's almost gone already. <laughs> Mike Gundy's been meeting with the media. He had a press conference on Monday and wanted to kind of get into his top five quotes which Marshall Scott got into on the, on the website on PistolsFiringBlog.com Uh there's going to do the the Saturday meet and greet which we'll talk about. But first some of the talking points from from Marshall and some of the things Mike Gundy had to say which by the way, Mike Gundy rocking the, the gray beard. Do, do you like that gray beard look from Mike Gundy? I, I kind of like it.
0: I do. It's uh it's sophisticated, refined. You know, you've been around for a while, the gray starts to creep in. Aging's natural. That's okay. I th- I think the gray beard looks good.
1: Yeah, looks great. He always does this kind of in the off season and then gets clean shaven for the the regular season. Um things you notice when you've covered Oklahoma State football for 15 years, 16. What when, when, when did I start? Oh, 05 I think's when I started. So 18. Yeah. But pretty much since gunny has been the coach. Um So maybe I've got gray. I've got a lot of gray in my beard, too. So I I can't hate on that for sure. Uh, Number one, learning the playbook is not an issue for uh, Alan Bowman. You would expect that being a 19th year senior. But Gundy says, quote, it's no problem. He's got it all. Uh, I bet you 60 to 70 percent of what we do terminology wise. It already had he already had it at Texas Tech. It's from the same tree. So probably 50 or 60 percent he was already exposed to. Haven't seen him stumble once in terms of terminology. So that's. That's always a concern, right, Colby? I mean, he's the oldest quarterback on the roster, but he's also the newest to the roster. So um, I think, you know, Mike hasn't stated that Alan Bowman's going to be the number one quarterback, but I think we can all agree that the reason he's answering questions about Alan Bowman is that's that's who's going to be the quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think so, too, and I think that Mike Gundy is ready for, um, you know, a veteran guy that he can throw out there and more of a pocket passer and just kind of redesign the offense, you know, it all revolved around Spencer for so long, and Spencer was great every year, and then he'd get dinged up and he missed two games, and then the offense would just look just weird and totally discombobulated. uh, This last year was an extreme example of that whenever he missed the entire home stretch of the season and the offense was abysmal. So I think it's going to look much different with Alan Bowman, but you would expect a guy who's been around as long as Alan Bowman has, what is this, his fifth year in college football, I believe. He spent some time at Texas Tech and then he was up at Michigan. Now he's at Oklahoma State. You would expect a guy like that, a veteran, to be able to – Uh, pick up on different terminology quickly. He's had to learn several different playbooks in his career, Uh, so that's something that you would expect, and I, I am cautiously optimistic uh, about the Allen Bowman era at Oklahoma State, Carson, because I, I think that there is potential there. We saw it whenever he was younger. Now he's old. He's veteran. Uh, he's at a program that despite recent struggles offensively has has done a good job under Mike Gundy uh, of being able to put points on the board. So hopefully he can sling it around and be productive. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because I do recognize that this is a guy that despite his age uh, and despite his experience has not played a ton of college football especially over the past couple of years so uh it it is optimism but it it's definitely comes with a level of caution
1: it's his sixth season if we're if we're keeping count so (laughs) he's thrown one touchdown pass since 2020 wow so uh covid wasn't even a thing the last time he threw a touchdown pass or i'm (laughs) sorry he threw one in 2022 for michigan so he's thrown one since his 2020 season at texas tech so but I, I just kind of think this is going to be the norm, right, Colby? I mean, I think the days of you know, building a roster with you know, a bunch of underclassmen and one takes the reins and just loading up with underclassmen beneath them and everyone kind of waiting their turn, I think it's kind of turned into with the portal kind of who's your best option this season in terms of free agency. And Bowman's clearly a guy they targeted, clearly a guy Mike Gundy's had to face, and I think that probably stuck in his mind more than anything, what he's capable of. Um, but don't you think I don't think this is the norm in terms of quarterback recruiting? It's going to kind of be a year by year basis, especially when guys aren't playing and entering the portal.
0: Yeah, I think so because you're going to have quarterbacks all around the country who come in and they want to play when they're young and they want to get on the field and they're impatient and then they go somewhere else. And I think that that's going to happen at Oklahoma State as well. Um, you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks who are playing one year at a school to close out their career, maybe two, depending on the the situation. Um, A guy who comes in as a freshman sits behind another guy for two or three years with a red shirt and then starts as a red shirt junior and senior, and and you've watched this guy grow up, and now he's your quarterback for the final two years of his career. You're going to see so much less of that in college football. And uh, I don't know if that's a a good thing or a bad thing. It's just going to be a different uh, era that we're living in in college football, so I think we're going to see a lot more of this. And um, yeah, I mean, it's time to get on board because college football is changing, and it it seems like Mike Gundy is starting to embrace that more. So we'll see what that looks like for Oklahoma State uh, over the next, you know, give it a, a couple of years for a, a more of a sample size, uh, and see how it works out in Stillwater.
1: Yeah, and Mike had some more interesting things to say about uh, some freshman offensive linemen, which they're going to need. Some of them already working with the twos. Uh, kind of the talks about the about the offense and the defense has been pretty even. You can go to the site and read. Uh, that in full, but the last two I wanted to hit on were Brian Nardo, of course, his debut season as a defensive coordinator. This was an interesting quote. He said, um, "You know, life is live, coaching is coaching, football is football." Uh, he said that um, last season, Nardo, <laughs> the press box, he was in the stands, and the people on the sideline can hear him talking. So <laughs> Gundy's like, "It's gonna be a little different uh, at this level of football," but that kind of shows you just kind of the level he was he was coaching at. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to see him take the reins of this 335 defense and kind of like Mike Yersich Colby kind of getting used to the the bright lights of the Big 12.
0: Yeah, that's a funny quote about uh him being able being in the stands it takes me back to my high school football play-by-play days. Yeah, uh, I was
1: thinking I, that.
0: I even did play-by-play for a, a semi-pro football team once. I've called football games Uh, I called one on the top of a pickup truck I've called one on the roof of a press box outside because there just wasn't any seating for us any inside I've called it in the stands. Um, Yeah, that's lower level football it's not all uh, glitz and glam like everybody thinks but it's interesting to hear that quote and that perspective from a coaching standpoint, I, you know, I said cautious optimism with Alan Bowman. I think I'm just optimistic about Brian Nardo. I, I love the things that people have said about him. I love the way he has spoken. It, it is a big come up for Brian Nardo to go from D2 coaching in the stands to sitting in the press box at Boone Pickens Stadium uh, and, and making trips to, to some big venues in the Big 12. Yeah, it's a it's a lot different, and it's a big step up. Everybody starts somewhere, though, right? And I, I think the measure of a coach is um, people come through and, and play for that guy. What do they say about him? What do they say about that coach? And Brian Nardo just gets rave reviews from everybody who's been around him. So can he make the transition and and be an elite DC at this level? I think only time will tell, but I think that there's every reason for Oklahoma State fans to be optimistic about him and to give him every chance to succeed.
1: You sure have changed your tune since they hired him.
0: Uh, I've just... When they first hired him, I was like, man, this is another, you're you're going down again, again. But I've just read so many quotes, Carson, so many people who have been around this guy who just absolutely rave about him. So who am I who have never followed his career to say that this is a bad hire or they should have gone out and gotten somebody else? If everybody who's ever been around him or played for him or anything just gives him five stars, then I've got to take their word for it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's where I was I, I was there with a different manner when they hired him because football's changed over the past ten years from when they hired a Mike Yersich from Shippensburg. I mean I, I kept referencing you know the job Joey McGuire's doing at Texas Tech coming from the literal high school ranks, not even the the small college ranks. Uh, if you can coach and you can recruit, you can you can do that at pretty much every level. And so that's why I wasn't as down on the hire as most people just seeing the the level of success guys coming from, from lower levels have had, including Mike Yurzich who again did a, did a fantastic job at, at Oklahoma state. So I'm, I'm bullish on the hire. Mike Gundy clearly knows what he wants and, and really has a proven track record of, of hires like this from, you know, Jim Knowles when he hired him from Duke, we are like, why in the world would you go hire someone from Duke in football instead of it's not basketball. So, uh, I'm, I'm bullish on the job he'll do. And, and, uh, I, I wasn't very critical to hire at the time, and I think I've heard nothing to, to sway me on that so far. But one of the most important things this season, Colby, probably the most glaring spot on the roster for Oklahoma State is defensive tackle. You and I have talked a lot about it, both on signing day and the roster moving forward. Uh, I questioned a few weeks ago, you know, we we're talking about all the newcomers. You know, Justin Kirkland's getting all these photos snapped of them, and they're making the rounds on on Twitter, I I posed the question. He he looks big and, and burly and looks like looks the part. But can he play dead? Well, the early reports are he's he's playing pretty well. And um, Mike Gunny talked a lot about the weight. Uh, he he arrived at three fifty. Uh, he's still three forty six. But um, our our friend of the show Adam Lunt, who follows this much more closely than just about anybody in terms of the lineman. Says, quote, Justin Kirkland might be the most important player OSU has landed in a long time, a mix of him seemingly looking the part of a big time, massive, 350 uh, pound nose guard, paired with the fact that OSU desperately, can't stress this enough, needed a big time, massive nose guard. Uh, you can always use one of those, Colby, but the way the depth chart had dwindled, both with graduations and transfers, uh, they, they had to nail one of these. And by all reports so far, uh, Justin Kirkland looks the part.
0: Carson, are you telling me that you did not enjoy the performance from the interior D-line in that Kansas game?
1: I didn't enjoy one single aspect of that Kansas game as I watched it at House Powell. No.
0: Uh, that's right. We did watch that one together. Yeah, Justin Kirkland. Um Mike Gundy talked about one thing with a guy this size is conditioning, right? And he talked about the weight coming in versus the weight now, and then he hasn't lost a ton, but a lot more of it's muscle and a lot less of it's fat. And that's important. Whenever you talk about conditioning in the big 12, you're going to play some teams uh, who aren't going to try to snap it every 15 seconds. You're going to play some who are. And Mike Gundy said that they've had him out there for some six, some eight, and even some 10 play sets. And he's done just fine. I think that's going to be a key for Justin Kirkland. If he is a good player and he is productive, how often are you going to be able to have him out there uh, whenever teams are putting drives together? You know, I think forcing three and outs is going to be important to to keep guys fresh, particularly him in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, And with Nardo bringing in the 3-3-5, I think that that only um, just increases and emphasizes the importance of him being able to play. And uh, the reviews so far are good. Uh, I think a lot of people are bullish on Justin Kirkland, and it's a, a reason and a piece that I think can help Brian Nardo be successful in year one if Justin Kirkland is, in fact, the guy in the middle of that D line that they want him to be. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that the hype is deserved because there just are not a ton of guys walking around at six foot four, 346 pounds. That is just size that you can't coach and you can't teach. Um, so, hopefully, he is uh, on a football field what he is in a weight room.
1: Yep. We'll have to see, but that, uh, early signs are, are very positive around that. And that's, that's just so crucial for their ability to stop the run and really stop anyone up front. Cause you're right. That was the strength of the team coming into last year and didn't really perform as well. Once they had a few injuries there, particularly to Tyler Lacey. Uh, so no spring game on Saturday, but there will be a meet and greet at one from one 30 to two o'clock, 30 minutes. Uh, I've my, my thoughts on no spring game are, are well documented. I think it's I think it's a joke. Uh, The argument is you can't host recruits off site. So if you were to do it at Stillwater High or Tulsa or wherever, you couldn't host recruits, which some people would argue defeats the purpose. But I don't know, Colby. I I think this is something Mike's wanted for a long time. But anyway, you can do 30 minute meet and greet. Uh, Not sure who the longest lines would be. Maybe Brennan Presley, maybe Ollie Gordon kind of come to mind. But um, yeah, fans will have a chance to do that at the Sherman Smith Indoor Center on, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, both of those are going to have lines. I will be really interested. A half hour is not a lot of time. So I'll be really interested if Brennan Presley and Ollie Gordon and the bigger names have long lines and the half hour's up, I mean, are they just going to wave and walk off? Are they going to stand there and continue to sign autographs if there's another hour's worth of people who want autographs and pictures? I'll be very curious to see how that works because uh, a half hour is a a very limited amount of time for some of these guys uh, to take enough pictures and sign enough autographs. And especially for all the kids, you want to make sure that all the kids get the autographs and the pictures that they want. So um, definitely if you're not a kid, step to the back of the line, let all the kids get in there, get what they need, uh, get what they want, because those are are some fun memories of my childhood, Carson, going to the spring game. uh, I think my mom, I've said this before, still has a picture of me somewhere standing out on the field with a couple of football players when I'm about three feet tall. Uh, And that fun is stuff. And uh, that stuff is fun. And those are fun memories. Uh, So hopefully all the kids have a chance to get their pictures taken uh, and get autographs from the players that they want to see this weekend.
1: Yeah, I would imagine that you know, it'll be mostly kids and I gotta think the players will will stick around to to sign every autograph and you can even throw the football around with them, it says in the release. So that'll be that'll be fun for the kiddos. But um again, I just I look at what Colorado's doing with Deion Sanders, sellout crowd, ESPN, they're making a big deal of it. And I understand the construction this year, but I just for a program that's had infinitely more success than a Colorado. And again, I get the Deion Sanders nature of it. Uh they need to. They need to be making a much bigger deal about their spring game. It's just, it's just bad for business not to. So that's those are my thoughts, and they're well known. But um, you ready to transition to basketball? Mike Mike Boyden officially signs his class. Uh, ranks number eleven nationally in the two four seven sports composite. Headliners: Brandon Garrison, the Dell City kid we've talked a lot about, and Eric Daly Jr., who I didn't really realize, Colby. That uh, Mike Boynton's had a relationship for a very very long time. In fact, when he was at South Carolina. Daly's mother was an assistant coach on the women's team at South Carolina. Uh, her mother also coached in the WNBA. His father played at TCU before playing overseas. Um, so this is a very long, kind of very similar to, you know, he didn't know Kate Cunningham as long, but he's recruiting him probably the earliest and and use those years of um, building a relationship to his advantage. And you know, this is the type of kid Colby that I think can really. I hate to be this blunt save Mike Boynton's job I mean he keeps getting these great recruiting classes but it's time to win I think Eric Daly is is one of those big time I mean he beat out Kansas and Kentucky for this kid Colby last person they did that for was was Kate Cunningham
0: yeah no this is a big time gift for Mike Boynton and and there's a couple of things that make me really optimistic here about uh Daly one is You know, coach's kid. Those kids know the game. They've been around it their whole life. They understand it at a level that that guys who are just coming through the AAU circuit and uh, don't have just that family basketball ingrained in them. It's different. I do think that that stuff matters. Also, uh, for a guy coming in as a true freshman, is there such a thing as a veteran true freshman, Carson? Because if there is, then it's Eric Daly. He was uh, initially in the class of 2022, and then he elected to play a post-grad season at IMG Academy in Florida. So he's coming in a year older, a year more experienced than his his true freshman counterparts. Uh, So I think that there are, you know, we talk about red flags sometimes with guys. I think there's a bunch of green flags with Eric Daly Jr. Uh, You combine that with Brandon Garrison, some of the other guys that Oklahoma State is bringing in, and I do think that there's a reason to uh, to, to. Feel good about Oklahoma State's future and what it could look like next year on the floor. John Michael Wright comes back. Keon Williams comes back. Good energy guy late in the season. Uh, Cissé, Boone, Anderson, those guys are in the portal. Still don't know about Bryce Thompson, uh, Woody Newton, Tyreek Smith. Those guys still don't know what they're going to do. But uh, yeah, this freshman class that Mike Gundy is not Mike Gundy, Mike Boynton, uh, everybody in Stillwater named Mike. It's hard to keep them all straight. Um, Yeah, this class that he's bringing in, it it needs to be the one, Carson. It needs to be the one to get this team to the tournament, finish in the top half of the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State fans love Mike Boynton, but the patience is wearing thin. So hopefully these guys are everything they're made out to be.
1: Well, I didn't really realize he was that far removed from high school. And that's that's big because he needs Garrison and, and uh, Daly to be good right away to to our points. And he shot, Daly that is, shot 43% from three-point range in the FIBA Under-18 Championship. So that's, they need shooting. That's well-documented. Um, but before we... Kind of switch gears to the portal, or let's do switch gears to the portal. Am I, are we not being critical enough? Uh, you know, we we hammered Mike Gundy pretty good on the mass exodus that was his football roster at the end of the season. Um, looking around at the the departures at Oklahoma State basketball, should we shouldn't we be doing the same? I mean, Cise Boone Anderson—that's um, three of their best players. I mean, why aren't are we not being critical enough of that?
0: Uh, I don't necessarily think so. I, I think it's a little bit apples to oranges. You have to remember late in that football season, half the team was on Twitter and Instagram posting cryptic messages and sending out emojis. And it, it just... There was so much more going on; it felt like than we we had a couple of bad trips uh, north to the state of Kansas. It it felt different; it seemed different, uh, you know. And since then, things have kind of steadied. And Mike Gundy said that you know that was overblown and everything. And you know you can say it was overblown, but I I still watched half the team tweet out eyeball emojis and question mark emojis and whatever else that they were tweeting out. And it seemed more cultural with Oklahoma State football in the moment. Whereas in the moment with Oklahoma State basketball, it seems like, yeah, Musa say, Caleb Boone, roles weren't necessarily defined. They, they didn't necessarily have the level of success that they wanted. Caleb Boone was clearly uh, discontent late in the season. The, the, the only one to me that really hurts, and I think, man, gosh, you've got to convince this guy to stay and finish his career here uh, and really – live up to his potential and maximize that potential at Oklahoma state is Avery Anderson. That's the one that really hurts to me. That's a playmaking guard. Who's a veteran, uh ton of experience, knows, knows the program, knows the systems, all that stuff. So that's the one that really hurts. Uh, but in terms of a, a program wide discontent or anything, I don't necessarily see that. So um, yeah, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily go as far as compare it to football in December.
1: Yeah, I think, the apples and oranges make sense to me. I, I do think Cise is a big, 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 big loss. Uh, when he was healthy, he was a difference maker. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on, on basketball. They are in on the kid, Tyler Perry from North Texas, who, let's face it, a lot of big schools are after him, and his his head coach is now the head coach of Texas Tech. But um, I think Mike Boynton's putting some of his eggs in that basket for uh, Tyler Perry from, from North Texas. So we'll have to wait and see, Colby. You know, Mike Boynton's had really good success in the portal. When he goes after certain guys, he, he typically gets them. So we'll see if his recruiting, uh, we know he can recruit high school kids. He's proven he can also recruit the portal very well. So we'll have to see if he ends up in a roundabout way, getting the kid that helped eliminate and end his season.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because now I'm racking my brain and I'm like, what did Oklahoma state put on a, a good showing at Gallagher Iba? Like did Oklahoma state make Gallagher Iba a place that Tyler Perry thought, man, this place is pretty sweet. I, I wouldn't mind uh, hanging out here for a year. He's a guy that you would love to get, Carson. He, he It wasn't a one-night splash for Tyler Perry. He was the Conference USA Player of the Year, and he just – he can shoot. You see the confidence that he has whenever he pulls up. Uh, I could not have been more impressed with Tyler Perry in that NIT game, that 30-footer that he hit late. It was just so pure. Uh, the free-throw shooting, I, I just – I I can't – speak enough about free throw shooting late in the game and how important it is he's a guy that you can trust there I still would make Texas Tech the favorite and there are a a ton of schools after him uh schools with better programs than what Oklahoma State has right now you know Baylor wants him Baylor is on top of the world right now Alabama wants him they were a one seed uh this last year and and have a great program going despite some of the dysfunction that uh that hit them late in the year but you know it's one of those things Mike Boynton I would say is definitely an underdog in this situation but man, if he were to land Tyler Perry, that you, you know, in basketball, so much more than football, one guy can change the outlook of a season, and I think that would definitely change the outlook for Oklahoma State if they could somehow uh, sneak up and, and land Tyler Perry.
1: Yep, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's get to bullets and BBs, Colby. What do you got for me this week?
0: Uh bullet Carson, did I or did I not just talk about how important free throw shooting is? Bullets to the young. Box for the Oklahoma City Thunder winning the play-in game. These guys, Josh Giddy, he can't even go to the bar to celebrate. He doesn't turn 21 until October. He's just a pup. This is the first meaningful game it feels like that this team has played in in so, so long. You've got Brandon Ingram veteran presence on the other side. You've got C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, all these guys veteran presence on the other side. And Carson, what do the kids from Oklahoma City do? They go in and trailing in the fourth quarter, they put it on them. The little float the little baseline floater that shea hit on uh late in the game 30 seconds left and then clutch free throws from josh giddy sga it was a stellar performance down the stretch from the thunder carson it is definitely at a lower level because you don't have a, a kd a russ and a harden but it's starting to feel like okay the thunder have these young guys let's let them grow build some things around them chet hasn't even played he's not going to be back until next year carson I'm way too excited for this Thunder team after winning one play-in game, but considering what we've been watching for the past probably four seasons with the Thunder, uh, I am fired up, and nobody's going to calm me down.
1: I love it. I went to the game last Sunday, and it was the game that they really just rested everybody for the playoffs, unfortunately for me. I'd already got the tickets, but, um, no, it got me thinking just how much Oklahoma City and Oklahoma in general misses those playoff games. You know, I was fortunate enough to cover – Virtually every playoff game they had, Uh, my first year in TV was their first season, uh, covered the very first practice. And I've been fortunate to go to a lot of stadiums, cover a lot of games and some big time atmospheres. And there's literally nothing that comes close to that. It's like a, um, it's like a champions league soccer match in terms of the crowd atmosphere mixed with a rock concert. Mixed with the highest level of basketball you could ever possibly see, and the highest level of athleticism you could ever possibly see, and just from the moment that game tips till it ends, it's just deafening in there. So I'm excited for the team, and I think they're going to be back. Uh, you know, they might be in the playoffs this year, and if they aren't, they're going to have plenty of playoff chances coming moving forward because they're they're loaded with young talent, and they haven't even had Chet, like you mentioned. So that's that's really exciting for Oklahoma City. Uh, let's see here for my bullet. Um, I've got a couple options here. I'm gonna go to you probably didn't think this. Major League Baseball. Do you have any idea why I'd be going to Major League Baseball?
0: Uh, I'm assuming it is for the 13 and 0 Tampa Bay Rays.
1: Uh, no, it is for the Texas Rangers Andrew Heaney, ah. who had 10 consecutive strikeouts, uh, or nine straight strikeouts, which was 10th strikeout and 10 or wait, yeah. Nine strikeouts broke the Rangers record, formerly held by Nolan Ryan, which was seven. He had nine straight strikeouts, uh, ten total in terms of the innings, but uh, tremendous job by a former Cowboy, so I'll give one for him, and I'm going to give one to an honorary uh, member of the Big 12, um, Cliff Kingsbury, who has parlayed his good looks and one year with Johnny Manziel into a head coaching job in Power 5 school in Texas Tech into an NFL head coaching job, and now he's getting paid by the Cardinals to basically coach quarterbacks and live in Los Angeles on the USC staff. If he looked like Charlie Weiss, Colby, do you, think, do you think Cliff would have had the career he's had so far?
0: Oh, absolutely not. I have talked about Cliff Kingsbury's looks multiple times on this show. I think that his looks are, I think it's 50-50. I think his coaching acumen his playing career is 50% responsible for his coaching career. And I think his looks are responsible for the other 50%.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, don't hate the player, hate the game. So Andrew Heaney, Cliff Kingsbury gets my bullet. What about BB? Uh,
0: BB Carson, mother nature, by the way, real quick, Uh, Andrew Heaney, great. Go Pokes. Uh, He is scheduled for the start Sunday night on Sunday Night Baseball. So if you have a free 45 minutes, sit down and watch a baseball game Monday night. Uh, All right. My BB goes to Mother Nature, Carson, for a multitude of reasons. Mother Nature um, took a few guys out of Masters contention last week, one of which was Victor Hoblin, which I didn't appreciate because he was firing at flags. Uh, Thursday in the great weather, and then he comes out, you know, Brooks Kepka gets to play in the morning. Some other guys were in the morning, too, didn't capitalize. Kepka capitalizes in the morning, but the guys who were all tied with Kepka at the end of round one, they all had to play in the afternoon. Cameron Young played in the afternoon. Victor Hovland played in the afternoon. Uh, There's somebody else up there uh, that, that had to play in the afternoon, and the weather came in. It was freezing Saturday morning, and Victor Hovland dropped back in that nasty weather, and it really probably took another three, four guys out of contention who could have been in that running, that running with Kepka and Rom to make it more of a you know four or five guys on the back nine instead of just Rom and Kepka on Sunday. So that's that's you know BB number one from other nature. BB number two, Carson. It has been like eighty degrees every day this week. Next week, it's going to be about eighty degrees every week. Tomorrow morning, I have a golf tournament. When we tee off, it is going to be fifty-three degrees and the wind is going to be blowing twenty miles an hour out of the north. It's going to be cold the entire round, and I just am personally. Bitter that Mother Nature decided to pick one day in about a three-week span to have it be just cold and kind of miserable north wind, and it's the one morning that I'm playing golf. So BB's all around for Mother Nature.
1: <laughs> that always seems to happen, doesn't it? Or like the best day of the week's on Monday when the club's closed. So uh, yeah, the worst. Always seems to happen that way. Uh my BB is gonna go to an Oklahoman, uh, Josh Richardson, who hit Josh Giddy below the belt, and Giddy got poed and went after him rightfully so and said don't do that bs again what is it with oklahoma city thunder dudes and getting their their family jewels kicked like draymond green and steven adams and now now josh kitty is the latest uh to get his family jewels rocked i mean what's up with that colby
0: Can, yeah like, i mean no, normally cups are reserved for baseball but i think uh i think the thunder players are gonna have to start wearing cups in the playoffs
1: <laughs> man that was uh that was funny but i i like the fire from from josh kitty he's pretty pretty mild-mannered guy but he uh he let him know, so I'm I'm excited about him and the future of the Thunder, and uh we'll see we'll see how it plays out for them. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Colby?
0: Uh, I don't believe so. Good stuff and uh, good weekend coming up. Baseball and softball. Baseball's at home. Do you know if uh softball's at home? I know baseball is.
1: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, tell me
0: in about three seconds if softball is at home. Yeah, softball, and one thing. Yes, all all three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, softball and baseball both at home. So everybody get up there
1: yeah, you can make a weekend of it for the uh, the Meet and greet on Saturday and all the all the activities going on this weekend. And one thing I wanted to mention, uh, moving forward, we're gonna do some uh, some fun kind of retrospective type podcasts. I did a rewatchables once upon a time with Kyle Porter, kind of along those lines, kind of rehashing either a great game or great season from Oklahoma State in the years past. If you have any uh, games you want us to do a deep dive on or any seasons, uh, just let us know. You can tweet at us uh, at Carson underscore OKC. and what is it at Colby J Powell? Uh, yes, sir. At Colby J. Powell on Twitter. Fire those off and uh, kind of get us through the dog days of summer until we get to like the Women's College World Series. And, the, and then certainly the College Baseball World Series. If oh she's lucky to make either or, or both and uh, kind of some, some fun deep dives coming your way. So let us know what you want to hear about. And uh, without further ado, Colby, get us out of here.
0: Yeah, those will be a lot of fun. Uh, I've got everyone's Saturday planned. If you're a diehard, you want to go spend a day in Stillwater, you go to the meet, meet and greet. That's one thirty to 2. You pop over to Cowgirl Stadium at 2 o'clock. Uh, Oklahoma State hosting Iowa State so you can go watch softball. Boom, you pop over to Eskimo Joe's and get some cheese fries. And then at 6 o'clock, Oklahoma State hosting West Virginia at O'Brate Stadium. Sounds like a damn fine Saturday in Stillwater, no?
1: That's quite the itinerary there. I like that. BB, or uh, not BB, bullet for you. I'll just give you a BB.
0: Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. We don't want that. Uh, good stuff, Carson. Appreciate everybody listening as always. Have a great weekend. Go Pokes.